Did you miss Canty and Carlin? like the Deshaun Watson we saw in, in training camp looked pretty similar to me. It's going to take some time, I think, for him to reacclimate. It's different when you are on the practice field, when you are getting reps. He hasn't been in practice or hasn't played since the preseason. This is Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, alongside Amber Wilson. I'm Michael Rothstein. We're filling in today for Canty and Carlin, and as you heard just there, I believe that was Jake Trotter and I believe Kimberly Martin talking about Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson back not only on the practice field, but he's probably going to be back on the field here on Sunday when the Cleveland Browns go to face, well, Amber, where else? They're going to Houston because nothing if not drama, right? His old team, the Houston Texans, Houston, Texas, where the majority of the 25 legal cases that were levied against Deshaun Watson, civil legal cases that were levied against Deshaun Watson that have been the dominant conversation around him over the past two years. Majority of them took place there. Houston Texans, before that, Deshaun Watson had requested a trade. So Deshaun Watson is walking in, Amber, to all of this. It's not going to be any sort of fun situation for Deshaun Watson is probably going to be an incredibly hostile situation for Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson actually talked to the media today, and here's what he had to say about going back to Houston. I'm excited to just play football in general um, in front of Cleveland Browns fans, but also in front of some of the Houston Texans fans. Uh, You know, I respect the whole organization of the Houston Texans. I respect them and their family. I respect everyone that was there that drafted me in 2017. There's been great memories, fun memories. Uh, I, you know, I still have a home in Houston. Uh, I still have friends and family that, that's still in Houston. The relationships are still there. People, some of the players on the team, you know, I play with are seen, you know, come up from, you know, maybe practice squad or from injuries. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to get in front of all those fans. I have so much love for the city of, of Houston and H town and everyone in that city pretty much knows that uh so i'm excited to do that but you know the most important thing is you know i'm excited to be in front of the cleveland browns fans for sure well amber a couple things there first how many cleveland browns things you actually you cleveland browns fans you actually think are going to travel to houston the browns aren't exactly a world beater this year and second what do you think this crowd's going to be like for deshaun watson or, or obviously more likely against deshaun watson on sunday Yeah, it's nice that he has respect for the organization. He had so much respect for them that he requested to get out of the organization. And that was, of course, before any of the legal issues or certainly before we knew about any of the legal allegations against Deshaun Watson. This story has gone on for a very long time against the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson because, of course, not only did he actually request a trade and he actually sat and watched them play football, but there was rumors for a long period of time before that that he was going to do that. So this has been a dramatic relationship between Deshaun Watson and the organization that drafted a quarterback that the last time we saw him play football during the regular season was in that uniform. And the last time we saw him play football in that uniform, he was a top five quarterback in the 
NFL. But I have no idea if he's that anymore, Michael, because we're talking about a guy we haven't seen play football in the regular season in 702 days. Exactly 702 days ago. (laughs) On January 3rd, 2021, that was the last time that we saw Deshaun Watson under center for a meaningful game. And yes, we saw it in the preseason and snippets here for the Cleveland Browns. He looked rusty in the preseason. He looked like maybe he was thrown off a little bit by the drama surrounding that. This is going to be that, I would imagine, times 100. And isn't it funny yeah. the way it works out, Michael, right? Where he serves his 11-game suspension, he gets through it all, and it just so happens that they're playing the Houston Texans, and he's back under center for that game. This will be the most watched Texans game, I imagine, of the season. It's almost like it might have been scheduled. Almost. Purposely. Almost, almost. like it. I'm not, I'm not saying the people over at Park Avenue with the NFL, the schedule makers said, hmm. But hmm. I'm also saying, I'm not not saying that. It seems very, very convenient that this is how this would have gone because now there's a lot of attention around this game. But, of course, Amber, there's also this fact. I don't know if the NFL would want a lot of attention around this game because it showcases so much of the bad that's going on a little bit right now in the NFL versus what's going on in a lot of other cities. The good that is going on with, don't forget, this is also my cause, my cleats week. Like there's so many different pieces of this, right? Like my cause, my cleats week, if you're not familiar, is a week where players can wear causes that they are very passionate about on their shoes. And a lot of them are charities they're either linked into or major causes or things that have affected their lives tremendously. And, oh yeah, like that's something that is a very powerful thing in the league. And, oh yeah, Deshaun Watson's also going back to Houston in his first game back. Like the timing on this just feels really, really eh, like it just... I, I don't know. That's the only like way to that, describe though, it. Whenever it happens, right? I mean, that's yeah. the reality. And, and the Deshaun Watson story, we're not going to be able to separate it from the things that were alleged. And the crowd tonight, or the crowd on Sunday, is not going to be able to separate it from the things that were alleged. That's going to follow him for a long time. I mean, he started this press conference today, and he said, just football questions. I'm only answering football questions. And that's something that he's going to be trying to push, I would imagine, from here on out, except for it's going to be difficult at any point here, for reporters to just stick to football. But the reality is, from a football perspective, Michael, I'm not sure that this is going to go quite like Cleveland fans think it's going to go. Now, next season, we can have that conversation. I just think it's a really tall ask for a player to have not played in regular season action in that long and then to just walk in and take over a season and turn it around, a season that has been a disaster for the Cleveland Browns. It feels like a lost season. It feels like this is Deshaun Watson's preseason again, like we're just going to ramp up to next year because I feel like the Browns should just be looking ahead from a football perspective. I can't imagine it's going to be so pretty that he's going to come in and be the change and all of a sudden the Browns are going to be in contention for the postseason. No, probably not. And by the way, as you were talking about some of that, like with answering football questions and not and not answering questions about anything else, Deshaun Watson did address that in his opening statement. I understand that you guys have, uh, you know, a lot of questions, um, but with my legal team and my clinical team, um, there's only football questions that I can really address at this time. And I also want to thank, uh, most importantly, Jacoby. Uh, the big brother he's been to to me and everyone in that locker room, the passion, the grit, the leadership he has shown uh, these past weeks, everyone has seen it. I mean, he's, uh, he's the 
ultimate guy that everyone wants to, you know, follow. So uh, he's been awesome for me. Uh, our relationship has been great. The bond has been great. Uh, and we're going to continue to grow from there and, uh, you know, help win some, some more football games for the Cleveland Browns. Well, that's Deshaun Watson right there. And I, I think it's interesting you brought up Jacoby Prissett, Amber, for this sole factor. I, I hate doing winners and losers in anything, right, especially with something like this. But somebody who I think did win in all of this over the last 11, 12 weeks has been Jacoby Prissett because I think Jacoby Prissett has shown he can be a capable NFL starting quarterback. I think he's handled himself well. He's handled an incredibly difficult situation well. And his on-field play, yes, in a run-heavy offense like Cleveland is, is still something that I think some teams, and there are a lot of teams in the league, Amber, that are going to need quarterbacks after the season, might really want to look at Jacoby Prezad and say, you know what, at worst you're a high-level backup, but maybe you can be like Geno Smith and you can give them a reins this year and he could potentially do something in 2023. Is that out of the possibility? I don't think it's, listen, it's not out of the possibility. I mean, look at some of the quarterbacks we've seen start in the National Football League over the years. But I I, th- I have thought it was an interesting conversation the last couple of weeks because people seem to have varying views on how well Jacoby Brissett did. And, I mean, I think that the problem here is, of course, you can just point to the four wins and you can be like, that ain't enough. Like, he didn't do enough to keep them afloat with a very talented roster. So I think that's the knock against Jacoby Brissett. You are right. There are individual game stats where it hasn't always been on him and it hasn't always looked so bad from that perspective. But I do think overall it's – I'm not sure that Jacoby played his way into a starting job, not just yet. He didn't totally fall on his face. Like, his career ain't over in the NFL. I'm not sure that he's going to be a starter the next season. Well, I think it's going to depend on where he goes and what that situation is. To me, he is the perfect type of guy where if you're going to be, let's just say, Houston. We'll use that as an example, where he's going, where they're going, Browns are going to play this weekend. If you're Houston, maybe you sign Jacoby Brissett because you're going to probably draft a rookie pretty high, and Jacoby Brissett can get you through maybe a year, half a year until that rookie is really ready to go. And that's very often the better way to approach the rookie quarterback situation because we've seen so often what happens to rookie quarterbacks, especially with suspect offensive lines when they're thrown in early. It does not end well as a rookie and sometimes not end well at all, period. By the way, Jacoby Brissett, he covered 41 yards of him, max speed of 16.2 miles per hour on Anthony Schwartz's 31-yard rushing touchdown last weekend against the Bucks, providing a block. Like, that wasn't him with the ball. That wasn't him, you know, doing some option stuff, which obviously they don't do in the NFL. They do that a little bit more in college. That was so he could go down and block to try and get a touchdown for his team. Like, the guy is the epitome of a team player, and you have to feel really good about that, I think, if you are a team maybe looking at Jacoby Prissett for your team in 2023. Like I said, I think he did a really good job in an elongated audition to go play somewhere else. Coming up, are you okay with Aaron Rodgers calling the shots on his own playing time? That's next on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, at Sirius XM, Channel 80, alongside I am Amber Wilson. I am Michael Ross, and we're filling in for Canty and Carlin today. Canty and Carlin and ESPN Radio, as always, is presented by Progressive Insurance. And Amber, one of the most intriguing players, I think, over the last half decade in the NFL, probably a little bit longer, resides in Green Bay, Wisconsin, at least during the NFL season. And Aaron Rodgers is kind of doing something, I think, that's half brilliant in that he is trying to call his own shot as to whether or not he'll play or not. And it's a really, really interesting thought process, I think. And and we'll get into it after this, but I want people to hear this first because Aaron Rodgers, who for so long, it was very clear, only wanted to play and was going to, you know, not let that get out of his, you know, cold, getting older hands, is now open to letting Jordan Love maybe get some snaps. I mean, look, I'd, I'd love to finish the season out, and um, but I understand, you know, this is a business, and, um, you know, there's a lot of us kind of older guys uh, who, you know, play a decent amount, or they might want to see some younger guys play, so... You know, hopefully we don't have to have that conversation. But if that conversation comes up, you know, I'll approach that with an open mind and, and uh, you know, without any bitterness or resentment. You know, obviously, like I said, I want to win out and, and we don't have to have those conversations. But, um, you know, I, I understand if we don't, that that's a possibility to have that conversation. Now, Amber, when I hear that, it sounds to me like somebody who is trying to damage control and saying, listen, no, you know, the Packers are done. They're out of it. So uh, let's let him play. Let's let let him see what he has versus the Packers going to him and saying, hey, we're going to put, sit you down and have Jordan Love play. Is that is that out there? Is that too out there thinking that maybe he's kind of trying to do a little bit of thinking ahead? Well, I, he was asked about it, right? And, of course, it's going to be a conversation because – He's injured right now. We know he's got the rib injury. Apparently, he's been playing with a broken thumb since October. We had just found out as well. So the injuries are starting to pile up here for Aaron Rodgers. We don't even know if he's going to really be available to go. But then also, when it comes to the state of where the Packers are, and the reality is that if they aren't winning, and if they aren't winning out, as you heard him mention from here on out, then it's a wrap for them. And then what is the purpose? And what is the goal? And if you're Aaron Rodgers, your goal might be to rest and save yourself for next season because you are 38 years old and the injuries are piling up. And if you're the Packers, the goal obviously would be to, would be to see what you have at that point in Jordan Love. So the goals could align. He doesn't necessarily have to save face. What I have a hard time believing here, though, Michael, is that the Packers would go to Aaron Rodgers and would at any point tell him to sit down 
were starting Jordan Love against Aaron Rodgers' will. Because I do think that it's reasonable at this point in Aaron Rodgers' career, when we aren't talking about somebody who is so far past their prime either, we are quite literally talking about the reigning MVP. So you have to still give him the respect. You just handed him $50 million per year. You just made him the highest per quarterback in the entire NFL. The reason you did that, of course, is because of everything he's done for you and also what you think he still has left in the tank. So you have to give him the type of respect to go to him and say, hey, is this a wrap? Do we have an opportunity here to put somebody else in? Do you think it would be better if you shut it down for the rest of the season? I do think that's a mutual conversation. And the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers over the last few years has been, I want more organizational say and more input in this organization. And that certainly would speak to that, that they're going to provide him that sort of input. I don't think it's outlandish for Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about one of the best quarterbacks of his generation with everything, a three-time MVP. I don't think that is a unreasonable for him to expect them to kind of loop him into the decision, even if it's not necessarily the best thing for the Packers, because the reality is the best thing for the Packers at some point here is to see what they have in Jordan Love. No, that yes, that is the best thing for the Packers at some point is to see what they have in Jordan Love once they're out of playoff contention. There is no question about that. But what I was getting to on the point that I was trying to make is that like Aaron Rodgers, by doing this, basically avoids that potential conversation. Sure, they'll have those conversations, but he's already put it out there saying, I am okay with this. So that takes the ball out of their hands of just saying, hey, you, we're doing this. Like, he is basically saving that face because, let's be honest, if they came to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers still really wanted to play, Aaron Rodgers would probably say, no, I want to play because – don't forget, there's one quarterback that starts on every team. And as good as Aaron Rodgers is, back-to-back reigning MVP that he is, he is also getting up there in years. They also need to know what they have in Jordan Love, and they invested a first-round pick in Jordan Love. And at some point, you have to think they're going to, like you said, want Jordan Love to play and figure out, well, is he next? Or do they need to jump into the quarterback carousel or ride Aaron Rodgers out as long as Aaron Rodgers wants to play? So what I think Aaron Rodgers is doing is basically saying, listen, you want to do that? That's okay. I'm not going to say no, and I'm going to go out there and say that publicly. The other thing that he said, and he said this on the Pat McAfee show, is that when he watches Jordan Love, it's more like a brotherly deal. It was really nice to watch. I, you know, feel like an older brother uh, watching him, you know, do well. I care about the kid a lot and fun to see his growth. Fun to just see him just kind of relax up there. You know, I think that's as any young player, same thing with Christian. You know, once you can make a few plays, it just it kind of takes the anxiety out of the body and the tension out of the body. And to see him, you know, make accurate throws and, and do what he's been doing uh, has been fun to watch. I do think it's funny that Aaron Rodgers did say relax there because one of his most famous quotes of all time, of course, is R-E-L-A-X, relax, back when the Packers were having struggles a few years ago. And things ended up working out okay then for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But Amber, I, I just stick with the fact that they need to see Jordan Love play, but like Aaron Rodgers doing this, I think, gave them kind of the blessing to do it without them having to go to him. And it might be legitimate. I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to play football after this year, right? Like we, we sure. play this game with Aaron Rodgers every year and goodness knows the way that this season has gone and 
the age and the injuries. I mean, who knows? He could retire on us after this season. He might, you know, have something else to do, go into the woods somewhere, whatever he has going on, okay? Where if they're not in contention, he legitimately might want to shut it down as well. And so, again, they could be on the same page from an organizational perspective. But I do think if you're Green Bay, this presents an opportunity to find out what you have in Jordan Love. And certainly if you can do that, with Aaron Rodgers' blessing and it all works out from you, that's a good thing. Now, they'd rather be in contention, and if they are in contention and if they are winning, then the better shot to win is, you know, the guy you know is the reigning MVP. Because this idea that they would bench Aaron Rodgers because they think Jordan Love is going to give them a better opportunity to win because of the way Aaron Rodgers has been playing this season or because of the injury, I'm not here for that. That that seems ridiculous to me. We are talking about the reigning MVP. He doesn't get benched because of performance for the other guy. If you want to bench him to see what you have in the other guy once they're out of contention, then fine. No, and I don't think anyone was saying they bench him for performance. It's all based off of health and all based off that you need to see more of what Jordan Love can do. But, you know, here's the other thing. When you're talking about Aaron Rodgers in retirement, Aaron Rodgers seems like he's a competitive enough guy that he's not going to walk off if they're – say they're done after next week or in two weeks. I can't see Aaron Rodgers walking off with a season like that, especially a season that he does not complete if they end up shutting him down for the year and going to Jordan Love. I just can't see Aaron Rodgers going out like that. So that's why I think unless they do make a run here, you're going to see Aaron Rodgers back in the NFL next year. Whether that's Green Bay or elsewhere, that's a different conversation. But in the NFL, I imagine we will see Aaron Rodgers in 2023 unless the Packers are able to turn some things around here and maybe make an, at this point, improbable run to the playoffs. Coming up, the college football playoff is officially expanding in 2024, but we want to do our own 2022-12 team playoff selection show. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This is Kenneth and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, alongside Amber Wilson. I'm Michael Rossi, and we're filling in today for Canty and Carlin. Kenny and Carlin and ESPN Radio, as always, is presented by Progressive Insurance. And Amber, 
we're getting to the interesting kind of nitty-gritty part of the college football season. Championship week is this week. By Sunday night, we will know bowl game scenarios, but most importantly, we will know which four teams are going to be playing in the college football playoff. But we also learned today that the four-team version of the college football playoff is only got another year or so of life because in 2024, expansion is coming. It's moving to a 12-team playoff. And Amber, first, you're a big college football person. We, I think anybody who's ever heard you on the radio knows your obsession with the Florida Gators. How do you <laughs> feel about expansion? Uh, I feel great about expansion. I mean, I'm here for it. Now, this season has certainly been an interesting season. One of the reasons that we were screaming, screaming from the mountaintops about expansion is that we wanted more parity in college football. Well, I would argue this season we got it, right? Like, even though it's some of the powerhouse schools traditionally, even you could throw a USC into that conversation. It has been a long time since USC has been part of that conversation, and they're ahead of schedule. So we didn't see them coming into the picture. Certainly, you couldn't have predicted what's happened here with TCU. There was even some questions about whether Michigan could keep up this sort of trajectory, right? So I think that it has been an interesting season. An Alabama team with a couple losses, Ohio State getting blown out the way that they did by their rival. It has lived up to the hype even with the four-team system, but that's not normally the case, let's be honest. And it's normally the four teams that we kind of expect to be there that are there at the end of the season, and that's part of the problem. And so we all wanted more teams the opportunity because, you know, any given Sunday well any given Saturday in college football and that was the philosophy behind it and I think that this expansion is going to help with that where we get to see some of these more interesting matchups and familiarize ourselves with teams more like the Horned Frogs that maybe we're not all as tuned in on early in the season when we should be we'll get more time with those sorts of schools as well and get to see some really unique matchups and frankly some underdogs beat some juggernauts throughout the way we would expect I don't think with 12 teams it's all going to go according to script. At least that's the hope. No, of course that's the hope. By the way, it's not only just any given Saturday in college football. Now it's any given Thursday, any given action Tuesday, any (laughs) given Friday. It's any given thing that ends in why that's not the NFL football Sunday or Monday. I mean, that's really what we're looking at right now when it comes to college football. But looking, let's let's play this game here. Let's play this out. Because obviously the 12-team playoff is a couple of years away still. But this year, I think it would actually be really interesting. And some of those conversations that people are worrying about disappearing, like the USC-Ohio State question, or like the conversations that have happened in past years, I think would absolutely be happening this year. If the 12-team playoff were today, you'd see number 12, assuming, by the way, Tulane wins their conference championship game, number 12, Tulane, at number 5, Ohio State, number 11, Utah, now We're going to get to that in a second. At number six, Alabama. Number 10, K-State. Again, get to that in a second. At number seven, Tennessee. And number nine, Clemson. At number eight, Penn State. In the first round, if it all goes according to script. And Michael, one of the things that people say about bowls, right? That they like bowls because you see these matchups that you don't otherwise get to see. That's one of the arguments in favor of sort of bowl season. Well, this does that. This still accomplishes that goal. Like all those matchups you just named are not matchups we normally get to see. And so now it's the matchups that we don't normally get to see and they mean something. And so that'll be extra cool with this expanded playoff field. 
No, I, I think so. And by the way, just to give some more parameters here for what this expanded playoff field is going to be, right now, as you know, there's no automatic bids, although it feels like there's an automatic bid when you play in the SEC. There is no actual automatic bid in the four-team system. The 12-team system will have the six conference champions ranked highest by the selection committee, and then the six highest-ranked non-conference champions. That will, And at least one group of five team will be in. That would obviously be this year, Tulane. Here's where chaos can happen, Amber. If Utah gets blown out by USC in the Pac-12 title game, if K-State gets blown out in the Big 12 title game by TCU, if Tulane loses, that would shake all of this up, and that would make it even more interesting. And that, I think, is where they're hoping this goes in the future is like, say a Purdue beat to Michigan. Well, Purdue is in, Michigan's in as an at-large, and then what do you do with a Purdue team that's not even in the top 25 of the college football playoff rankings? I mean, it's wild. An unranked team in that situation, but I'm here for the chaos. I like it. That's why I like I like this idea so much. Like, let's have more chaos. Let's have more interesting scenarios and scenarios where we're all it, it will give you and I material, endless material, right? For weeks. Like we already have a lot of material. Oh, yeah. There's already conversations, you know, what happens here when these top teams lose right now? How much does TCU have to get blown out by for them to be out? Are they gonna be out at all in this champion? Can you punish somebody for being or a team for being in a championship game if they lose in their championship game because they got there and they got the extra game. Those sorts of conversations already happen with the four team and with a 12 team. It's going to be chaos. Oh, there is no doubt. Listen, our, I think our very esteemed colleagues over at the Paul Feinbaum show are going to have a field day with this 365 days a year. There will be some sort of playoff conversation. Also the people that I work with sometimes at six, eight of the fan in Atlanta, because they are, the, maybe the flagship of the SEC, man, the, where college football rules, so Midwest, SEC, and the Paul Feinbaum show, oh, this is this is gold. This is gold for them because really from week one, you can start saying, oh, well, what's that loss going to do? What's this loss going to do? Non-conference losses might matter, Amber, a heck of a lot more than, th- than what they would be otherwise. So want to qu- very quickly here, we're not going to go through all 12, but – which game of the conference championship games do you think is the biggest chance for an upset that would cause chaos in the 12-team thing, but maybe even a little bit of chaos in the four? Uh, you're talking about real matchups that are coming yeah, up this like weekend the, for what championship we're this weekend? weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, we talked about it earlier. Like, I do expect the Trojans to take care of business against Utah, but we are talking about a Utah team tomorrow night that already beat USC once. So we know they're capable of doing it, albeit by a point. Albeit now USC in a very different situation in terms of the stakes, and certainly they're not going to be overlooking this Utah team, but we've seen that as a possibility. Also, K-State against TCU, I think, is a really, really interesting one, and I think the conversation around what happens with TCU, if K-State was to blow them out, even if TCU loses by a slim margin, though, you would expect that TCU is probably in. I would say those two games, for me, have the most interest, but you mentioned it earlier. Like, it's not even inconceivable that LSU could beat Georgia. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that Georgia team is the best team in the country, hands down. But there's a lot of interest this weekend around championship weekends. Yeah, and I'm going to pick one team that causes chaos. I think LSU is going to cause chaos. I don't know if they're going to win, by the way. Uh, so it's like a half ca- half calling it. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think it's going to be close in the fourth quarter. Georgia is going to be worried, and it would not shock me if LSU pulls it off. And then Georgia's still in the playoff, but it's going to cause a little bit of consternation 
around everywhere else. Coming up, we react to LeBron's postgame comments from yesterday. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, alongside Amber Wilson. I'm Michael Rothstein, filling in tonight and today for Canty and Carlin. And Amber, what would a show be without talking at least a little bit about Tom Brady? Because there's some Tom Brady sort of news. I, I kind of am going to call it sort of news. There was a report from The Athletic that Tom Brady, who will be a free agent after this year, could return to New England next season. A reunition. Re- wow, English is first language. Really struggling today. <laughs> Reuniting with Bill Belichick, potentially. I mean, do you think that could happen? <laughs> uh, no. Well, first of all, I don't think it could happen because if I'm Tom Brady, I'm probably riding off into the sunset and taking that television deal if I'm leaving Tampa, right? But also, this doesn't make sense to me because we're talking about a quarterback who left the New England Patriots. It felt like, Michael, in part because of a disconnect with that organization and also with an organizational philosophy where I think he felt like he needed better weapons around him in order to age gracefully, and he felt like the Patriots weren't so willing to do that, and he was sort of just tired of how things operated. He was tired of them when they drafted another quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo, and we know what that did there with the situation in New England and kind of ever flirting with the idea of moving on from him earlier than maybe they should have been flirting with that idea and all of that led to him eventually leaving and then he it seems like 
particularly chose the organization of Tampa because, you know, weapons and because the team was set up and he could kind of walk in there. And as long as he played football and protected it a lot better than Jameis Winston, which of course Tom Brady's more than capable of doing, then they were going to win a Super Bowl, which is obviously what they did. I don't see a Chris Godwin or Mike Evans or the weapons up there in New England, right? Like I don't look at this Patriots team and I'm like, oh, they're just a quarterback away of only Mac Jones was a little bit better. We saw Mac Jones have a Pro Bowl season last season and the Patriots still disappoint. Now we're talking about a Patriots team that might not even make the postseason this season. So from a football perspective, I don't really get it. The only reason that I would see that he would go back there is if just he wants to finish out his career, I guess, in New England. But this isn't like the same thing as, you know, you sign a one day contract in the NBA and you retire in that jersey, right? Like this is a whole different thing. And I just don't know why he would want to undertake that at 46 years old. Well, there's also this. There's a lot of personal things here too, right? Like I think it's very clear that Tom Brady has had a hard year personally, stuff away from football. You know, we're not going to get too deep into that, but it's obvious they've come, you know, Tom and Giselle came out and said they were getting a divorce like that. That's really hard. So I think it could be human nature to say, you know what? I want to go home again. I want to get home again. And where has home been? Where is like the most comfortable he's been? Well, that's with New England. That's with Bill Belichick. Now, you run a risk there if you were to do that, I think, because there is also the thought process that you can never go home again. It's not ever the same. I know I've had that when because I've moved around the country, and I've kicked around going back to places that I have been, and you just sit there. It's, just, it's not going to be the same because you've moved on. You're in a different place in your life. So to me, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think this would be a good idea for, honestly, either party to really even consider this in any way. And Keyshawn Johnson on Keyshawn J. Will and Max kind of agreed with that. Belichick and Brady are done as a match made in heaven. That that, that train has left the station a long time ago. And I know we all believe, oh, when they, someone writes an article, they smoke this fire. You know, could there have been questions to Tom Brady that suggest that maybe he would be open to returning to New England? Maybe could there have been questions answered to somebody in New England's front office somewhere in the building? Hey, what if Tom never comes say back? never, right? Yeah, never yeah. say never. You just never know. You know, they have a great relationship. Look, man, the dude that been through a lot. Okay, he ain't trying to go back to New England and deal with that all over again. And I'm sure Belichick ain't trying to have him back in New England. Tune in to KJM weekdays at 6 a.m. on ESPN Radio and ESPN Two. Listen, what Key hit on there a little bit of going home again and and how it might not work. I I totally agree with that. There's one other piece with this, Amber. They would potentially trade Mac Jones in this scenario. And between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, like you have two young quarterbacks that in theory you feel good about one of them, certainly good enough about one of them. That's going to stunt both of their developments too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how how good, how good they feel about either of those guys at this point, but There's problems beyond just that quarterback position, and you're certainly not going to move forward into the future with a 46-year-old quarterback. You're only going to take on a 46-year-old quarterback in a win-now proposition. If you think you're currently slated to win a Super Bowl if you have that guy and he's still got enough left in the tank, and that's not the situation that the New England Patriots find themselves in. No, without question. They are in a situation where they are in a, I would call them mid-rebuild, a mid-build. 
I don't know if that's a thing, but we're going to call it that. A mid-build where you're not terrible, but you're not a Super Bowl contender, and that is entirely, entirely clear. Kenny and Carl is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Coming up next, we're going to hit that LeBron James comment from last night. ESPN Radio, Kenny and Carl. Weekdays on ESPN Radio.